1: every time a proud member of the gun geek network the opinions expressed are those of each individual check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three two one on this week's episode
0: we talk the end of the game of thrones john wick guns his way to the top and has the phantom menace aged well in 20 years all this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos.
2: Welcome to the pop culture cosmos.
0: And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend who is returning. He is our man sitting upon the iron throne of Humanity Media. You got to check out all the great things that are happening at humanitymedia.com, Humanity Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. <laughs> I get to see right now, it's just got that written all over his face. It is Josh Peterson. All right, man, we're going to be talking about in the back end, but I have a feeling you just got something itching right now when it comes to
2: Game of Thrones. Did you hear that? That was a sound of disappointment.
0: And on that note, all right, we'll be talking more about that coming up on the back end of the show. <laughs> just seeing social media, just listening to Josh now, I know there's quite a bit of fervor and there will be quite some more going on the rest of this week when it comes to the Game of Thrones We're going to share our thoughts on the final episode ever of the Game of Thrones series coming up later in the program. Plus also as well, we're going to talk a little bit about how the Phantom Menace has aged well in 20 years as it celebrates its anniversary. Also as well, we're going to be talking a little bit about the zombie genre because there's a whole bunch of zombie stuff coming along the way. Is it a little bit overexposed at this point? We're going to be discussing that here in a little bit. I do want to make a correction from the PCC Multiverse when we're talking about Rage 2 that it may not be a backbone in the way or shape or form of an Elder Scrolls and also as well like the Fallout series. But if it does well, it could be something that Bethesda can go ahead and rely upon in the realm of, let's say, a Dishonored or a Wolfenstein. Or maybe even you want to put Doom in that echelon as well. If you want to go ahead and listen to our full conversation that we talked about, Rach, check it out on our Friday program, the PC Multiverse, which aired and it's now available on our podcast network. Tony Monroy and I had a great conversation about that. I also want to mention out there that I did finish season two of Cobra Kai. And if you're not watching Cobra Kai, you are missing out. In fact, it is done so well on the YouTube premium, aka the YouTube Red that next year's Season 3 is actually going to be free for all users of YouTube. That's right. You'll be able to see Cobra Kai Season 3 in full, whether or not you're a subscriber to YouTube Red or not. So that is a great sign on how popular that is, even with the paywall that is known as YouTube Red. It is an outstanding series once again this year. A little bit at times, very cheeky with the 80s nostalgia. And yes, it does have the world's longest high school brawl, but it is a great show, pretty much the opposite of what was going on with the original Karate Kid movie. So even if you don't like the Karate Kid movie, like I really didn't at the time, and it still to me hasn't aged very well, I loved Cobra Kai season one and season two was just about as good. So if you want something good to watch out there that you have some fond memories of when it comes to Karate Kid, or even if you don't check out Cobra Kai, you'll be glad you did. But there's a lot of things going on, my friend, in the world of pop culture and none bigger right now than the Game of Thrones. And like I said, we will touch upon that at the back end of the show. Almost up there was this weekend at the box office with John Wick 3 setting the pace as many expected, including us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, thought it would because Avengers Endgame, it's losing its little bit of steam. It did pass Avatar domestically at the box office. But it's still $170 million away from passing Avatar all time, which I think it's not going to make it. I'm pretty sure now, unless something miraculous happens. But you know what? It's still probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of about $2.7 billion. And that's nothing to actually moan and groan about, my friend.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, it passed Avatar domestically, though. That's something that's good.
0: Yeah, and it's now number two behind Star Wars The Force Awakens. It will not pass Star Wars The Force Awakens
2: domestically, so it'll
0: probably end up being number two all-time domestically and number two all-time internationally and number two all-time around the world. And I'm sure Disney is just so stoked about where it's ended up. And you know what? If anybody out there is unhappy about it, because I know we wanted it to be Avatar, still the numbers are reflecting that it's probably just going to miss under $100 million short. That's still a great showing for Avengers Endgame, exceeding all expectations. And I'll tell you what, it's just a great time to be an Avengers fan. So hopefully this will set the earmark for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But domestically here at the box office, John Wick 3 lit up screens. And I was talking about it with Tony on last week's PCC Multiverse, that it has evolved from that little movie that could to now where there's expectations upon it and from all appearances there could be a very real possibility of a john wick four or even more as far as a full john wick type series of movies i kind of wish it would stay at three because i think a trilogy would be great for it but how are you going to go ahead and stop it when it's on such a great note and that it's going at a rate that it's never gone through before
2: I think that John Wick is one of those examples of the proper way to market a movie and to market a star. So you have Keanu Reeves just being Keanu Reeves, right? Like he's good. That's what he's known for. He's known for the Matrix. He's able to get out there and be, just basically be himself, act himself. And then they kind of grew it from this low budget film into you know the third one which had a much, much higher budget. And that's awesome because they built it from the ground up. And if you look at the way that they market it, they're not marketing it The masses they're marketing it to the fans, and the fans are the ones that are doing the word of mouth and getting this series to truly grow. You, You don't see that happening anymore. You see, this movie is made by people who care about the people watching the movie, and that is very rare these days. And for that reason, I think it's doing so well.
0: Great word of mouth, very solid reviews. I'm just worried about though that this is the plateau for the series, and if you want to continue it, it's just going to go ahead and maybe hamper it just a little bit or not meet expectations going forward. Now that it's a franchise, a movie franchise that is thought of in a much different realm than what, four or five years ago when it first came out. So it's much different now than what it was. And in doing so, you've now changed the perspective, you've now changed the expectations. And to me, that could be a little bit concerning. It's almost a situation where like, You're getting more money, you're getting more money, and then you want to go ahead and try and achieve a little bit more. But in trying to squeeze all that extra money out, you go ahead and you hamper and you ruin the legacy of it. There's that possibility there. Or John Wick 4 or even more could actually end up being even better than what's gone on before. There's that possibility as well. But it is so hard to recreate that magic time in, time out. They've been able to do it three times There's also a video game coming out as far as John Wick. John Wick was recently also in Fortnite. You're going to see John Wick all over the place here coming up. There's a possibility. I'm also concerned of overexposure being out there. And you know what? I know this will also lead to probably some type of television series. That's just speculation on my part. But I'm sure something in the John Wick universe, they'll try to go ahead and beat that to death. Because you and I know, Josh, we've seen this before. Once they see a hot property like this, Hollywood just can't seem to just stop trying to see what they can do to squeeze every little bit out of it.
2: Well, I mean, okay. So you look at movies, you know, that, that run along the lifeline of a single character, right? John Wick in this case. And anytime you have a story like that and you go past three movies, you run the risk of ruining the integrity of the character and of the movies. And you also run the risk of, you know, that time old thing where you sell your soul and then you end up destroying something that you've worked so hard to build. So video games okay let this be the boondock saints so just let it stop let it stop let people talk about it and if you want to five or six years from now maybe reapproach it and see if there's an interest in it then that's fine but you know don't turn it into something that people are going to hate because you wanted to make money off of it
0: look at taken i'm gonna skip something similar in that realm taken with liam neeson the first one had almost zero expectations and it did so well Taken 2 did even better than that, and then Taken 3 was just, ugh, it was, it was, it was awful, uh, and it was just, unfortunately, it didn't end soon enough. It should have never had a Taken 3 because that was just not the way to go and close out the trilogy on that sense, and at this point, they should be very cautious and very wise about how they treat the John Wick property going forward because there is a possibility of overexposure. Like I said... There was a John Wick special event in Fortnite. There was a John Wick video game coming to the Epic Store. I saw the advertisement for that. And there could be possibilities of a John Wick 4 or John Wick 5 coming up at some point in time down the road because it doesn't look like it's going to end from there. It just it seems to this point that it looks like Hollywood cannot have enough John Wick. The success story, the rise from a little movie that could and a little movie that did is now becoming a big movie that, well, we're going to have to see if it's going to continue that type of success down the road, or will fans and audiences get tired of John Wick's act real quick coming up in the near future. So, But it did, this weekend, do very, very well at the box office, over $50 million here domestically, beating Endgame handily. Endgame has been out three weeks now, so it is time for a new number one at the box office. Whether or not Avengers Endgame actually reaches an all-time high as far as passing Avatar, it's looking less and less likely, which is kind of a disappointment. But still, $2.7 billion, which is in the realm of the possibility, is not something to sneeze at. It's not something that should be to any disappointment to anyone as far as, at least not to Disney, that's for sure. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with the John Wick franchise going forward. But you know what's going to happen, my friend, and you know they're just not going to get enough John Wick. It's just dependent on if the audiences have enough of John Wick first.
2: I don't know. Do you think that that's a possibility? Do you think that this franchise is so big that they're going to try to explode it, I guess, to a bigger audience?
0: You can just tell, my friend. I mean, what's already gone on and what's already been read about and what's already been talked about without even getting into any spoilers that there is a possibility of a John Wick 4 coming up. And you know with the fact that it it blew away all expectations financially, that if there's any chance at all, they're going to go ahead and do a John Wick 4 now. Pretty much, you know, I would probably say it's close to a done deal as possible. And with the interesting part of the John Wick universe is not just John Wick himself, but the universe and this world of assassins and this world of the underground that is part of the continental and the whole underlife of that type of realm, that type of world. So I'm just speculating here. My experience tells me that someone's going to go ahead and at some point they see the money there that John Wick made and try to go ahead and say, hey, this is a hot property. Why don't we go and investigate further or delve in deeper into that underside of the world, similar to what John Favreau is doing now with the Mandalorian. And This is something that you could possibly see on some type of streaming service or some type of network that delves into a John Wick universe, may have one or two of the characters of the John Wick universe, like E. McShane or someone else of that nature that we are familiar with. Like, for instance, the video game has a couple of voices that we're familiar with from the movie that they're having in the video game, not Keanu Reeves himself. I don't see Keanu Reeves ever being part of something that extended. But you could see them delving into possibly a TV show that has a different main character or characters that delves into that aspect of the underworld. Because for us, watching the John Wick movies, that has been one of the great parts of watching it is the fact that the world building has been so dynamic in both John Wick 1, John Wick 2, and now John Wick 3.
2: Yeah, I mean, they've definitely done a great job with it. I love the idea that people are going to watch this and it's getting bigger and bigger. I just would hope that they wouldn't be stupid and try to oversaturate the market in John Wick stuff because, you know, that that could be the death of it, especially because, you know, anything that gets an extended universe these days is either it's a superhero movie, it's related to an anime or a video game or something like that, or it's a novel series. And that's just not really a risk that I think that people should take. But, you know, what What do I know? And uh, they, they probably will. You're right. Because we've seen it so many times before, my
0: friend. Anytime there's a hot property, people like to cash in on it. I was reading one of the trade papers the other day, an article that was describing in detail about how John Wick has succeeded in a world of movie universes. Well, don't look now, but John Wick could be a movie universe in and of itself. What are your thoughts out there on the John Wick universe? as we're going to call it from this point forward. Did you like John Wick 3? Have you liked the other movies so far? Do you want to see it expounded upon with more movies, possibly a television show, video games, all that type of deal? Are you excited about the John Wick character and, and the whole underworld and universe that it provides already? Share us your thoughts, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanic Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well.
1: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial! Wait, do, do people still use dials?
0: Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of Fruit Seed Oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vita Brace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speed run or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vita can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vita Win with it. Well, speaking of oversaturation, my friend, I wanted to ask you real quick. I saw this great article in The Hollywood Reporter, I believe it was. Yeah, on The Hollywood Reporter about zombie movies at Cannes. They just took over Cannes with so many different zombie movies that were out there. It started off with The Dead Don't Die. That movie kicked off the Cannes Film Festival. That one's with Adam Driver and Bill Murray. Then you've got Atlantics, Blood Quantum. You've also have Zombieland 2 and more stuff that are coming out within the realm. Plus, you've also got The Walking Dead that's already come out. That season's over, but another season's on the way. You've got I Zombie, Fear the Walking Dead. You've got all this stuff coming out within the zombie genre. Well, let's not even forget the fact that in video games, you've got Days Gone and you also have as well World War Z, which both recently came out onto the video game consoles to pretty good, to not so good acclaim. Although I talked to someone here and hopefully I can get him on the show here in a little bit to tell us why Days Gone is not as bad as people are thinking out there. So your thoughts on all the zombie stuff that's out there and all the zombie stuff that's coming up. Is it too much? Is it not enough? Or is it just still a genre that's going to fascinate people for a long
2: time to come? I don't really think it fascinates people, though. I feel like they they get it kind of shoved down their throats, and they just gotta kind of deal with it. You know, it's it's one of those things where like, oh, so and so is watching this show. Since, well, I guess all my friends are doing it, so maybe I'll watch The Walking Dead and be bored for nine seasons. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell that to Daphne. No, I mean, I okay on TV. I think it it needs to it needs to go away for a while because it's run its course. You know, Walking Dead, uh, even on in the movies. You know world war z that's probably one of the big reasons that didn't get made either world War Z. well i was
0: reading that so. report too and it also there's speculation the zombie genre and zombie films cannot get a date in china due to their customs that zombies mm-hmm. and ghosts cannot actually you know be in films of that show in their country the lawn. yeah 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 <laughs> but well because you got to figure world war z was going to cost a ton of cash it's not your average low budget zombie movie it's something that would have cost a lot of money to go ahead and produce, and if you know already, uh, what almost half your marketplace is not going to be able to see the film, it's going to be tough to green light it. So that could be a very great possibility, according to what I was reading in the Hollywood Reporter in regards to it. So I give them all the props for for digging that up, and that speculation could be very sound and reasoning there. So, but these other smaller films like the Zombie Lad twos, the Dead Don't Die, which you make on a much smaller scale much smaller budget i mean is there still a fascination that could be had with the zombie movie
2: i think that it has its audiences it it always has you know you go back and you look at those uh like indie films right you have fido the one about the people who keep the zombie as the pet you have uh what's what's the one about the zombie sheep right where the guy gets bit by the sheep and he starts turning into one of the zombie sheep black sheep is what it's called not the chris farley one but uh horror movie but well you got 28 days later you got yeah later 28 weeks later day of the dead dawn of the dead night of the living dead there's there's all kinds of things out there and it's it has its moments it has its fans but it's just it's something that people watched because it was very popular it's like superhero movies right that we got a whole lot of superhero movies everyone's talking about it everyone's going to see these superhero movies and now you know i don't know what the future of superhero movies is going to be but it's just people are aren't going to be talking about it until whatever the next one comes out so yeah, i think it's runs its course on tv and maybe it needs to go away for a while before they they bring it back and in gaming there will always be a need for zombie games people love that people love to just ha- having something to shoot left left for dead dead rising they all have their fan bases and I, I guess like what are you trying to do with it are you trying to tell a story or are you trying to appeal to a certain audience you know you have a, a lot of games and movies and stuff out there that are just zombies for the sake of zombies you know and they're milking the B-grade horror movie video game type thing and it, i guess it really depends on what you do with it but like in the mainstream i think that it's time that they went away for a while
0: but that's the thing i don't think it's going away for a while it's just becoming even more populated because we haven't even talked about the last of us 2 coming out later this year I mean, if you were somebody that was watching or reviewing all the films of Candy, and you saw every other film was a zombie flick, you'd be burned out. You right. know,
2: really, this is like what the directors though This is what they're doing. It's like when you go fishing in a lake that you know has no fish in it, but you just keep hoping that some will spontaneously be created there overnight. So they're really—I don't want to use that old metaphor of milking a dry cow, but that's kind of what it feels like they're doing right now.
0: It does feel like that's what they're doing, and which is a shame because. The best times to appreciate the zombie genre is when it gets spaced out, like around the turn of the century where it wasn't so prevalent. It was every now and then you would see a zombie movie come out and say, hey, you know what? That's kind of a novelty. Maybe let's go check it out. Or when the original Walking Dead series came out and you're like, okay, this is kind of cool. Let's go ahead and, and watch this. It's novel for television. Let's check it out. But then so many others tried to follow suit and, uh, you know, it's just gotten to the point where it's become oversaturated now on television, oversaturated on film, which is a disappointment because the original Land, let's take that for instance, when the original Zombieland came out, it wasn't as populated now with zombie films as it was then. So you could actually appreciate it for what it was and enjoy its brand of humor, enjoy its style, enjoy it for what it was. Now Zombieland 2 is coming out. And I think on our movie preview for, we did for the entire year, we pretty much glossed over Zombieland 2 because we thought it was in a place where it was just going to be sent to die as far as the movie is concerned. And there was really no hope of it succeeding. And I don't still think that way to an extent that it just will not perform anywhere near the first one. It's two, three, four years too late. They should have done it maybe just two or three years after the original movie. That's when it should have come out. That's when there was still a great interest in it. Now so many years later, I don't think there's any interest or little to no interest in it and it ultimately becomes just another zombie movie in a sea of zombie movies that are out there. I know we mentioned one. What what was that one with the World War II that came out last year with produced by J.J. Abrams?
2: Overlord. That was not a great movie.
0: Yeah, see there goes go. There's just way too many right now products in the zombie genre that's overpopulating it, oversaturating it, and to the point where it's it's really becoming almost nauseating. And it's hard to appreciate if there is good art within a zombie genre because of the fact that there's so much of it out there. And at this point, it's just going to be difficult for a lot of people to go ahead and get into this, whether it's a rebirth of... The Walking Dead, whether it's Fear the Walking Dead or what have you on television, and then all the movies I talked about before, and even the video games. World War Z came out to some decent acclaim, but it's not being able to hold on to the sales-wise. It's done alright, not great. Days Gone has done okay here at the U.S. at best. It's done pretty good in the U.K., but for now in the U.S. it's done uh, eh, okay, And but the reviews for it were really not that solid, and there's more coming on the way like i think you guys got an invitation for dying light 2 is that correct at e3
2: yes that invitation did come in
0: see that's another zombie genre game so it's just going to be difficult for any of the pop culture products that i've mentioned within the zombie genre to succeed within the near future because it is so oversaturated it is so overpopulated and makes it hard for the general audiences to enjoy and that could have been also part of the reason why world war z2 is never going to be made because the fact that a half your audience can't see it and b the other half may just be tired of zombies in general
2: yeah i mean again like it it has its niche audience but even before that like the people who are into zombie movies i don't even know if they would be now just because you know like we're discussing it's been beaten to death so much over the years so i would be interested Beaten to to death
0: like a zombie
2: oh zing But no, I'd be interested to see, like, if you were to remove it from the mainstream, would there be an audience for it then? Would people go back to it? You know, because I feel like we have this thing in pop culture, right, where we we have these things we like, we have our niches and then they become popular. They blow up. And then all of a sudden the subcultures that once belonged to us, and maybe that's a selfish way to phrase it. But like the subcultures that belong to us start being taken away from us because they're going into a mainstream audience and everyone is doing it just because it's cool you know you look at you go back you look at like emo stuff right my chemical romance those bands like that and then you have superheroes and then you have comic books look at what the big bang theory did to comic books right everyone's like oh hey being a nerd is is novel i'm gonna go start doing that now so i don't know man like I, i think that putting pop culture things into the mainstream and it's not not always the best thing but again like I'd be curious do you think that if zombies were to go away from mainstream audiences do you think that those small niches would rebuild themselves
0: I think it would give it 5 years off as a whole I think you would be able to see a refresh or a renewed enthusiasm towards the zombie genre we would be like hey I remember when I used to like zombie movies maybe I'll watch it again or maybe I'll play it again Or maybe I'll experience it again in some form of fashion. Like you said, it is very cyclical in nature, the way we as a society deals and enjoys things. We like superhero movies. Late 70s when the Superman saga was out with Christopher Reeves and all that, we were really into it. Then it just died a little bit. And then the Batman series of Tim Burton's Batmans came around in the late 80s and early 90s. Then because of those movies really got bad, we kind of died out on it. Then mid-2000s with Christian Bale, got into that again, Dark Knight, all that. And then we really got into it even more when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then the DC Universe and all that. It's just all very cyclical. And I've seen the same thing with horror movies, with adventure movies, with sci-fi movies. It's just a cycle on exactly when we like it and when we don't like it. And I could see the same thing for the zombie genre as well.
2: I would be curious just to see, like, if, you know, like, like we're talking about, if those neat, those little subcultures rebuild themselves or if people would flock back to them, you know, like you're talking about me, the nostalgia would make them go back to it. It's all very, very interesting. And, you know, I've, I have thought about this, but I mean, you know, you look at the zombie stuff, there are a lot of other like genres in TV and film that, that I guess you could say the same thing for. But as long as there's, there's some kind of market for it, people are going to beat it to death. And that's kind of a shame.
0: It definitely is. But if you're the person out there that loves their zombies, cannot get enough of them, you're going to get TV shows, video games, and movies that are available to you now and going forward in the near future that's going to be worth your while. But for everybody else who's gotten tired of it or who don't like it at all, it's going to be something that they're really going to try to pass up. What are your thoughts out there on the zombie genre? Have you had enough for a little while, or are you still waiting for more when it comes to zombie movies, video games, and television shows? Share your thoughts, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, when we come back, we are going to do it. We're going to dive into the final episode of the Game of Thrones, and if you want to hear Josh angry, you're going to hear Josh angry coming up in a sec. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from robmccallumfilms.com. robmccallumfilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. And we're back
0: with the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need a listing of where we're at because we're being played all around the world, seven days a week, Check out our listings today for all of our great radio stations on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page, or you can check out many of our podcast options as well, because we're on over 30 different podcast outlets. My friend, I know you got a great thing going on with your great experience known as Humanic Media, so share the goods, my friend. What is going on at Humanic Media?
2: Topicocalypse. There's going to be a new one up tomorrow we're talking about borderlands and you hear our thoughts on borderlands 3 and we're actually playing borderlands so there'll be a youtube video to accompany it so you can check it out then
0: well before we get to our breakdown on the game of thrones my friend i gotta ask you star wars phantom Menace hits 20 years this weekend has it aged well is it something that you'd like to go back to has it something that you have gone back to and is it something that people will start enjoying now because the prequels really, for the most part, except for our good friend Jay Bartlett, are something that a lot of people could really do without.
2: Well, I mean, I think we're going to see a resurgence in their popularity because we have a whole new generations of kids coming up watching Star Wars, right? So you have these big movies going on. Of course, you're going to have to see where it all started. So, and, and here's the thing. For as much crap as we talk about the Star Wars prequel, we're still talking about them. We're still watching them. People are going, I went back and watched... Attack of the Clones because it's such a bad movie. You still went back and watched it. You know, people are still talking about it. Love them, hate them. People have been talking about Jar Jar Binks for years. It's not going to stop. So is it influential? Heck yes, it's influential. Is it a a bad influence? Does it matter? It's still influential because we're sitting here having a discussion about it.
0: Yeah, I guess we are. But I, I was so excited going back into the theater to go see it. I just couldn't wait and you sat there and five hours later oh i'm sorry it wasn't five hours it just felt like five hours it was just such a letdown and just to see that george lucas had lost his magic touch and i don't know i mean a lot of people still have a great indifference or resistance toward the prequels the first one really was a downer for me the second and third even though for a lot of people they really get worse for me I can live with them. I guess they're, for me, it's better than the first one, which I thought moved at a snail-like pace. At this point, I could do without all three of them. But you know what? If they're on the TV, part of a Star Wars marathon, they're probably going to be on the TV somewhere in
2: my house. Okay, so I, I brought this up in the topic Topicocalypse where we discussed things in the narrative we'd change. If they went back, or not even went back, but I mean, it's just the, the story thread between Anakin and Padme. You know, we know where Anakin's going. That's clear as day. But just the way that they got there, and I think that if they made that a little less like a high school drama, people would have been more okay with it.
0: I think recasting Anakin or making him at least a lot more appealing appealing to audiences might yeah. have helped.
2: Hayden Christensen's not a bad actor. I think he was just handed a crap script. Like, because I've seen him act in other things, and he's good. You know, I see you watch him in a movie like Jumper or Little Italy. Like, he holds his own. He's not an ace actor, but like he holds his own pretty darn well. And like I, I, I would have loved to see like if he were given something that he could actually work with, something that was written for for him as an actor. How much better it would have come out.
0: Well, unfortunately, it didn't come out very well the first times he did it. But it is twenty years for the Phantom Menace. My, how times have gone by, and we are still remembering it, not so fondly in some cases sometimes better than others but for me and for josh it's something that it's there it happened and it did lead us into the future of star wars here coming up in december with star wars the rise of skywalker what are your thoughts out there on star wars the phantom menace as it hits the age of 20 share us your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com also, as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Manic Media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well.
2: Also, the kid that played Anakin Skywalker, like... Jake Lloyd. Yeah, he just did not grow up to be a, uh, he's not cute little Anakin. He's kind of unfortunate looking. Didn't he get to be Jailbird Anakin? Yeah, I mean, that's probably why. But yeah, this is his mugshot sitting right here. Interesting very interesting five million dollars though so i guess that's something that's something
0: that's something all emanating from the phantom menace
2: okay sorry that was a rabbit hole to go down
0: yes and a deep rabbit hole indeed well speaking of rabbit holes we are going to go down and delve into a big time rabbit hole when it concerns the final episode of the game of thrones if you didn't watch it there are going to be some spoilers coming up We're going to go heavy into it as best we can and try and detail it throughout the end of the show here. So my friend, it is the Game of Thrones. It ended on a, I'm going to say right now for me, an anticlimactic note. It just was kind of disappointing. I'm not a super huge fan of the show. I've seen quite a few episodes now. I haven't seen every episode, but I've pieced enough together to go ahead and and disseminate everything that was going on and Unfortunately, I didn't get the kind of conclusion that I was hoping for, but to recap, yes, you got to see the final destruction of what happened to King's Landing. The confirmation of the deaths of Jamie and Cersei were identified by their brother Tyrion, and Tyrion was jailed for high treason by Daenerys, who became the queen, overseeing the Dothraki, the Unsullied, and and she, you know, everybody was... There was just applauding her, but Tyrion just could not deal with what happened with the destruction of King's Landing, and he was jailed for it. And Jon Snow, just you could see the guilt going through him, ended up using the needle and giving Daenerys the the killing uh, right there. So Jon Snow killed Daenerys, and that led into a meeting of the High Council where Tyrion was brought back while being still handcuffed. And even though he wasn't supposed to talk because Grey Worm said he wasn't supposed to talk, he ended up talking throughout most of the scene and through his words, it was decided upon that Bronn the Broken was going to be the new king and lord overseeing six kingdoms. Why am I not saying seven? Well, I'm not saying seven because Sansa, who every, every time I hear that, I always want to go ahead and drink some soda pop or something like that. Sansa... She has said that the North is now an independent state, so they let her go ahead and find you can go ahead and do that. You go ahead, you, you can become a queen over there in the independent state. Bronn is overseeing the Six Kingdoms. What happens to Jon Snow, who was jailed after killing Daenerys? Well, it is decided upon and compromised upon that he is banished to the wall, but you know what? He doesn't stick around the wall very long, so he goes with the free folk. And the last scene, you see him taking off into the wilderness with the free folk to start off a new life. Arya, who I thought was going to be the killer, and my pick to go ahead and sit upon the Iron Throne, she's just going to become now the adventurer. I bet you she's starting up her own series and going to go ahead and follow her, but just shows her just heading off into the West, into the uncharted territories. Oh, and need I forget the Iron Throne? which the dragon destroyed and just burned everything to the ground when it comes to the Iron Throne is concerned. So your thoughts on what I just described as far as in detail when it comes to the Game of Thrones. And we'll go over bit by bit by bit from whatever you want to touch upon, my friend. But your thoughts on to what I thought was a very disappointing and anticlimactic final episode of the Game of Thrones.
2: Okay, first of all, can I read you this headline that I found on people.com?
0: yes people always the golden spark of journalism there yes
2: okay you ready for this game of thrones series finale and bran stark becomes king after john snow kills Daenerys targaryen and then if you go scroll just a little bit below that it says warning contains spoilers after they just spoiled the whole episode in the headline pretty much pretty what much. in the world man that's some some pretty spot-on journalism by our friends over at people magazine okay So my opinion on the show, it was a steaming pile of garbage. That's that's (laughs) my final thought on that. It was lazy. It was inconsistent. And it was sitting in a writer's room going, you know, how how are we going to end this?
0: Instead of having the prophetic Game of Thrones ending, which I know a lot of people wanted, with somebody sitting upon the Iron Throne, there was really not much to it at all.
2: No, it was lazy. And it was inconsistent with what the rest of the show has been. I describe it like this. I put this up on my social media. It's like a sparkler, right, or one of those sparkle showers. It starts out okay, then it's really cool, and then just kind of sputtered and farted to a stop. Okay, let's let's start from the beginning here. Okay, so we have Tyrion, and you you know you have the aftermath. One, my first question: Where did all those unsold come from? I thought like they all got owned during the battle at the Wall, right? When the dead were attacking, there wasn't that many unsold left. Yet there's an entire army sitting on the steps of King's Landing. That does not make any sense to me. Okay, two Jon Snow killing Daenerys. That made no sense whatsoever. Why did he I, I mean I get why he did it, but they've been building like before the season premiered, they bragged about having these big epic fight scenes. There was one battle scene, and there's a whole thing, and they kept setting it up to to show that there was gonna be, you know, some pretty epic things going on, and then it it didn't. Nothing happened. You know, that there was no war between the Northmen and Daenerys, and he just kind of went in. And he's stabbed her. You know that was it. There was nothing, no battle to be had, no war to go to. It's just Jon Snow killing her, and that's just not. It's not a fitting end for his character after everything that he's been through. I don't know, man. What did, what did you think about that scene? Just very disappointing. I just
0: it, it was not what I I had imagined it to be. It to be. I was hoping for a little bit more. I had, you know there was always a great possibility of Jon Snow having to be the one to kill Daenerys. And it came into a climactic scene. That was probably the only thing in there that I could say, okay, you know what? I'm going to accept that as long as something else as far as leads us to what I thought most people wanted was Jon Snow sitting upon the Iron Throne, reluctantly, but sitting upon the Iron Throne. I was rooting for Arya. I know there's a lot of other people that wanted other individuals as well, but unfortunately it led to that act of quote-unquote heroism in trying to go ahead and and save the future of the seven kingdoms turn out to be something that was i guess i don't know just kind of a downer and just really especially as compounding on top of it the dragon going ahead and and just breathing fire and melting the iron throne
2: well so right there they're trying to symbolically end the game of thrones right if people if the iron throne's gone nobody's going to fight for it anymore but then that doesn't make sense to me that the dragon would just sit there, stare at Jon, melt the throne, carry Daenerys off, and then nobody knows what happens to him after that. That all feels far, far, far too convenient to, to, you know, to even really be a thing. And then on that note, how did they know Daenerys was dead? You know, She was gone, unless Jon Snow fessed up to it. The dragon took her, flew her off. There was no body. What was that trial like?
0: So there was a lot left out that should not have been left out. They should have ended it on a more Game of Thrones-like note when it comes to somebody sitting upon the Iron Throne. That's how it should have ended. I think a lot of people, whether they liked or disliked who would ultimately sit upon the Iron Throne, would have been satisfied on somebody, anybody, sitting upon the Iron Throne.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you know, there was nothing, there's no battle for the Iron Throne at all. You had the last episode where... You know, Daenerys burns everybody and crushes everyone. The Lannisters die. By the way, that was actually a good scene in this episode where it shows Tyrion finding Jamie and Cersei. Very emotionally impactful part of this episode. But they kept painting this thing. They're going to have this battle for the Iron Throne. Didn't happen. Daenerys burned her way into the Red Sept. And then, uh, you know, Cersei and Jamie die. And then again, Jon Snow, instead of rallying the troops and fighting the Unsullied, he stabs Daenerys. There's no battle at all. There's no war at all, except for the war in the north. And that frustrates me because they kept building up all these epic set pieces and nothing ever happens.
0: You're right. And that's what pretty much all season long when it came to the War of the Walkers, the death of the Night King, the destruction of King's Landing. And ultimately, the battle for the Iron Throne, all three of these situations were kind of disappointing, to say the least. And just ultimately, there was no real battle. All these troops, all these wars, all these battles didn't really get fulfilled, didn't really get paid off in full as we hoped it would, whether because we couldn't see it or whether it was because the dragon was destroying everything or whether it was just the fact that there was just a stabbing and then boom, we're done. So yeah, I don't know. It just was kind of disappointing and whole as far as following it, especially in the last season, because the problem is season seven was so good. Season eight was just never going to live up to that type of hype. Because especially the ending of season season seven made the suspense, built it up, really set it into motion. And and unfortunately it just could not get the payoff for this season that we wanted it to be.
2: Okay. And and what about with Bran? Right. That's completely inconsistent with the way that they wrote his character to make him want to be king. Right. He didn't care about any of that stuff. He was the three eyed raven. He was the memories of man. That was his story arc. He didn't want to be king, had no ambitions for it. And, you know, maybe that's why they picked him. But like, it just it doesn't make sense to me that like he would become king. You know, it was a totally, totally random thing. It wasn't really even a twist or a clever one. It was just a, um, okay, well, that's that's interesting. It's the same way with like, hey, we're going to make John take the black and go back to the wall. And, uh, you know, after he's been such a major player, he united the north and he he rescued his sister. Like there was so much going on for him. All these narrative threads that they had going on for each of these characters, they all just kind of fizzled out or they you know, shot up or down in some direction that you didn't really care to see it go and didn't really care for the payoff of where it went.
0: I agree with you on that. It just was something that didn't fulfill the expectations leading into it that we hoped it would. And it's now three times in a row with these three major episodes, these three major battles that took place or supposedly were supposed to take place. The battle for the Iron Throne, the battle for King's Landing, and the battle, like I said, against the Night King really didn't materialize in the way that we wanted to. And unfortunately, the whole series did not go along as planned. I know there's a ton of people that are now protesting. They've signed a petition to go ahead and try and get it redone the last season. Good luck on that one because you're going to have to pay for it as well. You're going to give HBO the 300 million or however it costs to go ahead and make the new season. That's great. But unfortunately, this isn't like Mass Effect 3, where you can try to create a new ending out of scratch because so many people are unhappy. This is something on a more larger scale that unfortunately you just can't wipe and undone and go ahead and make a new one, no matter how much you like it or no matter how much you dislike it.
1: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games.
0: Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse.
1: That is by far my favorite because it's also character-driven and the stakes are high and there's much
2: more of a mystery
1: and intrigue to it.
2: A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years.
0: Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts,
2: or on over
0: 30 more
2: podcast outlets. There's so much pressure to finish this masterpiece that they've created, but it just, it felt very uninspired and it felt like you know if george r, r. martin actually wrote this in the book this is, would not have happened and you know to me that's the biggest disappointment because you gave us an ending the game of thrones that didn't feel like an ending the game of thrones what did you think of gray worm you know what, what did you think of that whole thing like they made these decisions based on the fact that they could go to war with the unsullied and then the unsullied just left
0: Well, Grey Worm, you know, because him and Jon Snow were on friendly terms, from what I could gather, until the last two episodes. Now, I understand that the love of his life was beheaded, so maybe it caused for him to go ahead and become more hardened, more evil. So I think his turn was more justified than Daenerys by any stretch, because I'm still having a hard time grasping Daenerys going over the top, and just because it's in her blood, because... Leading up to it, she gave no inclination that she was going to go ahead and become mad. And all of a sudden, it was just right there in the heat of the moment that she would just go ahead and wigged out and flipped out like she did. So Grey Worm being as mad and angry at the world as he was in the last two episodes and the decisions that he made, they seemed to me to be justified because of what happened to the love of his life being beheaded in the third to final episode in the setup for the Battle of King's Landing.
2: The payoff wasn't worth it to me you know a lot of the decisions made earlier in the season they had it set up last season for something really cool and then it didn't really happen so i would have loved to be in the writing room for this you know just to kind of see like what what was going on in the minds of the the people writing the show but
0: um, i I could tell you what's on the mind of the people writing in the show hey what are we going to do for the next star wars that's coming out in three years
2: right, right oh yeah i mean because that's who's doing
0: the next Star Wars in and, three and, years.
2: And you know, the funny thing is, I'm still more on board for that than I am Rian Johnson.
0: I know, you and a lot of other people. But hey, even a divisive film such as The Last Jedi, which has so many detractors and its supporters, that's still made over a billion and a half. So getting back to what you were saying in regards to Game of Thrones, yeah, they're they're moving on to other things. The prequels they've talked about. I think they're going to do something with Arya and her adventurous spirit going west into uncharted territory. I still think they're going to do something with that. Also, as well, like the, like we said, the, the writers for the Game of Thrones, their next major project is going to be the next Star Wars movie coming up in three years. So that'll be very interesting. And like you mentioned, a lot of people are looking forward to that as opposed to, say, a Ryan Johnson trilogy that would be coming out at some point in time, if at all because I don't know how they're going to work that out. If Rian Johnson, nine years from now, is going to be interested in putting out a Star Wars trilogy. But I digress on that. But it is the Game of Thrones. Your overall thoughts on the series as a whole, some highlights that you want to talk about, because we've talked so much in the past few weeks about the lowlights of season eight. I've talked about how much I enjoyed getting back into the Game of Thrones with season seven, your thoughts on some of the high points for you when it comes to Game of Thrones and why you loved it so much in the first place
2: I was just intriguing you know as a is a fantasy television series, but it was dark so you weren't going to get your your happy ending like Lord of the Rings or Chronicles of Narnia or any of that stuff what's interesting to me and why I think so many people love it because it really is a science it's a study of the depravity of man like it's all the things that we want to think and and feel and it's it's put on the on the television screen for us and it's it's like we're living vicariously through these characters but at the same time it symbolizes our society you know the iron throne we're all fighting for power we're all fighting for relevance we're all fighting for something and that's one of the things that makes the show so interesting to me i don't really care so much about the characters as much as i care about some of the things that the show is is talking about. And I'm, you know, I'd hope that it encourages some kind of conversation outside of the show, but I, it's very endearing because it's so relatable to a lot of the things that we think and we feel and we do. And it's just, it's, it's very interesting, but what do you think about it?
0: Well, like I said, I laid off it for quite a spell. I watched it in the beginning, picked it up a little bit in the middle watched enough episodes once i got back into it in season seven because i found a renewed interest into it in season seven and that led me into the hopes i had for season eight it's something that when it's good it's what people are talking about and it what it's what captured the imagination of millions and i could get into that and i could understand why because of the politics involved, of the cutthroat nature of the actual show itself, of all the backstabbing, of all the intrigue and, and things of that nature that it offered. And people were talking about, oh, just how devilish Cersei was, and oh, how evil she was, oh, how I wanted to do, you know see her character, get her demise, and hear that. From, I heard that from you, I've heard that from other people. People are talking about how good Tyrion was over the course of the entire series itself how much they respected the Stark saga is concerned. Jon Snow such a beloved character coming back from the dead and how his return sparked a new life into the series that people could not stop talking about. That's what I'm going to remember most fondly about the game of Thrones, whether or not you liked it or whether or not you didn't like it. It is one of the most influential television shows in history. It is whether you like it or didn't like it. And like I said, I'm not exactly the biggest fan of it, but I respect it and understand what my friends were talking about all these years that were really into it from beginning to end and could understand why, especially at its high points creatively, understand why it has captured their imagination from week to week to week. Especially you, my friend, listening to your great thoughts on it And understanding and getting that passion from it, I could just really begin to realize why I needed to get back into it. I'm glad in a sense that I did because season seven to me was so good. Unfortunately, season eight was just something that a lot of the hype and a lot of the interest and intrigue, it just couldn't match up to because of the writing. Unfortunately, that was so good in previous seasons ultimately let it down. And this is something we've talked about earlier in the show with John Wick that could possibly happen. It happened now with, with so much what we talking about earlier with the zombie genre, that there's so much of it. And I'm glad that the game of Thrones has ended because I think this time has come. And I think it finished on a story arc where it needed to go as far as, okay, we only wanted it to go this long. Now, mind you, I don't like where it ultimately ended up creatively, but that's nitpicking because there's so many good points in the series to talk about when it comes to the Game of Thrones.
2: Right. But I mean, I feel like none of that really matters unless the ending is worth it. You know, if it's about the, the journey mostly, but like you follow these characters and you want to have an ending that will make you want to go back and watch the show over and over again. And I don't think they delivered on that.
0: No, they didn't deliver it on that. And most people will agree with you, including, like I said, myself as well. I don't plan on revisiting it. Overall, the experience that I had with it on the seasons and these episodes that I did watch were mostly of a positive nature. Even like I said, if it didn't end for me and for a lot of other people on The Greatest of Notes, that still shouldn't detract so much from your overall previous seasons prior that you don't have any fond memories at all just because of how it ended up. What if it had been a point where the bad season or the bad series of episodes happened in season four or five nobody would have remembered it because the series would have ended up in such a better fashion it just so happened that some of its worst episodes were near the end
2: yeah but i mean like if if the bad episodes were in you know season four or five like it still would have been okay well maybe this is going somewhere but the bad episodes now you're like maybe this is going somewhere but it's not because you know that it's ending. The writing, if you notice, the writing has gone from George R. R. Martin style stuff to really, really great epic writing. And now it feels like it was kind of this is this is this is the TV writing that we've been hoping Game of Thrones would never endure. And now it's there. Like, speaking of that table, they showed Bron of the Blackwater. And where has he been? He said that he was going to to be keeping an eye on them. And then we never saw him ever again. And he just shows
0: up in the last 10 minutes. Right, right. And make some jokes that are not really that funny
2: yeah.
0: and decided trying to be comic relief
2: yeah i i didn't like it you know and i'm pro- because and it left a bad taste in my mouth so i'm probably not going to be watching game of thrones again for a very very long time if if at all i want to wake up tomorrow and i want to kind of read more fan reactions to it but what i'm seeing right now does not look promising
0: as your dog sits in the background and actually is replaying the events of what happened to Daenerys in the actual episode itself. I will say this, that it's a series that, yes, maybe the last few episodes weren't to the taste of a lot of people out there, but don't let that deter you from the overall story arc that is the Game of Thrones. No TV series is perfect. Neither is Game of Thrones. But hey, for most of the time, it was actually on television. It was a show to talk about and mostly in a good way what were your thoughts on the game of thrones finally ending its run share us your thoughts pop at yahoo.com let us know if you liked the final episode the final season as a whole share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos humanity media and game source on facebook twitter and instagram as well well it's going to be a great week for us again on the pop culture cosmos and we'll be covering it all on our pop culture cosmos social media and all that good stuff, and we're also going to be able to talk to you again real soon on Friday on the PC Multiverse, where we're going to start our E3 previews. One last thing before we head on out, my friend. I was thinking about this when it comes to Avengers Endgame. One thing I want to ask you, when it comes to that final scene, spoilers again, with Tony Stark's funeral, why wasn't General Thunderbolt Ross trying to arrest Hulk?
2: Well, I mean, he's, he's stuck in the Hulk form so or he.
0: if you gotta remember this goes back to 2008 2009 with the incredible hulk
2: i don't feel any sympathy about him not getting like his full closure there but you know again like it,
0: they were just standing you know like 20 feet away from each other not even acknowledging each other so i don't know i don't where's get betsy? that
2: where's betsy at bring betsy back that's what everybody wants yes jeez bring Betsy back as you just woke
0: up your dog yes bring Betsy back bring Betsy back <laughs> please come back to sleep I think this speaks for all of us when we just watched the last episode of the Game of Thrones so for Josh Peterson this is Gerald Glassford it's a beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great